0: Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Remnant Godcast. This is Pastor Todd Coconato, and this is the Daily Rundown, and uh, it is where we go through some of the things that are going on in the day. Uh, it is Monday, so I'm going to talk about a couple of things that happened during the weekend. One of those things, which was highly concerning to me, uh, took place on Friday night, and what happened was there were protesters burning Bibles in Portland, of course, Portland, Oregon. They were ripping uh, the protective boarding off the buildings and burning Bibles in the streets. And I want to read something from my friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, who is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, because I think what he said uh, was very important. He said that throughout human history, uh, wherever there's been a Christian presence or Bible available to the masses, before the culture was destroyed, this is what they did. And he's talking about seeing the Bibles burning. And I think that this is one of those moments. This is one of those moments when every American, needs to think about something. I don't care if you're not even a Christian. If you listen to this program or you're not even a believer in Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the show. I'm glad that you're tuning in. If you're a Democrat, I'm glad that you're tuning in because this is. I'm a pastor and I'm speaking truth because it's my obligation. In fact, I was uh, going back and forth with a pastor friend tonight uh, that's out in New Hampshire. And I said to him, I said, I carry this burden for our country. I don't believe that I just have this burden for no reason. I believe God put this burden on my heart as a pastor and it's a heavy burden to carry. And I told him, I said, sometimes my wife says, hey, you gotta just not think about all these things, but it's hard for me because it's, it's part of my DNA. It's part of who I am. It's part of my calling. Now I don't uh, recommend that everybody carry that same burden because it's a heavy burden. But what I would say is everybody, every person in our country. This is not just Democrat, Republican. This is not a political issue. This is a common sense issue between tyranny and liberty, between freedom and oppression. Listen, when I was young, growing up in the 80s and 90s, I remember the Iron Curtain. Now I know a lot of the millennials and the the newer generation, they don't even know. In fact, I've been telling some people recently what happened during the years of the Soviet Union. They didn't even know that because they weren't alive during that. So you got to think about there. There's a large portion of our society right now that was born after the Soviet Union that does not know anything about the the Iron Curtain, anything about what we were going through as a nation during the Cold War. And so this is an important thing because people don't understand how evil communism is, and it's been rebranded by today's radical left. It's been rebranded. And now, unfortunately, they're pandering this, they're selling this off as if it's going to be a good thing. And people are buying into it, especially young kids and, um, you know, people in the colleges and and even the high schools now, because they've infiltrated the schools, they've infiltrated the colleges and the educational institutions. And even I hate to tell you, they've even infiltrated the Bible schools. And I'll get to more of that a little bit. But because of that, we are now in a very desperate place because a good portion of our society does not even understand the dangers of communism does not understand the dangerous place that we're in right now but listen this is what i'm saying everybody should stop for a second and just and just think about this and ask yourself this question are you okay with bibles being burned are you okay with Bibles being burned? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm not a big fan of the Muslim faith. Uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, their, a lot of their practices like jihad and uh, the things that, are, that it says in the Quran. And, uh, you know, I've been pretty vocal about that in the past. I think that, it's, you know, that they don't serve the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe it's, it's a different religion. It's a different God. But I will say this. I, as an American citizen and as a patriot, and I can, I can disagree with the Muslim faith just like they probably disagree with my faith, but I still respect them as a person. Hear me. I still respect them as a person, and I respect the fact that they have a belief system, that they have a religion that they hold to, and that the Quran is a holy book for them. Now, again, I want to make this very clear. I'm not condemning a Muslim person. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying you know bad things about them as a person. There, there might, might be some very great Muslim people out there. That mean well, but they don't know Jesus. And so in my belief, in my worldview, and what I believe to be true, I believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, accepting him in your heart. And so that's what I believe according to the word of God, which is the Bible. And I believe the Bible to be truth. I believe it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe we got to preach the full Bible. I talk about that often. So the thing is, even with all that being said, if a Muslim, if I witnessed a Muslim holy book, which is the Quran, being burned in the American streets, I would not appreciate that one bit. In fact, I would stand up for the Muslim faith in that in that particular case and say, I don't think that we should be burning necessarily those books because it's it's out of respect. We can't we can't get to this place. We can't get to this place, ladies and gentlemen of America, where we're burning books in our streets. Burning of all books. Let's just be honest here. This is what Hitler did. Hitler burned the books and and went after the history books. That's what he did. And uh, there needs to be freedom of religion. It's one of the great pillars of this nation. It's one of the things that's kept this nation great. Now, I believe that this nation is a Christian nation. At least it's meant to be. Now, have we strayed from the faith? Yes, I talked about that on Friday. We've strayed from the faith, we need to repent, we need to return back to our first love, Jesus Christ. We need to look to what uh, the Founding Fathers were saying in the Constitution. We've we've drifted from the Constitution, I believe. We have liberal activist judges that are not properly using constitutional, constructionalist viewpoints, um, where they're they're, um, interpreting, uh, according to the Constitution of the United States, the law. Instead, they're activists, and they're saying that the laws are outdated, and they're coming up with their own law. They're basically writing their own version of the Constitution. Our, our Constitution is an amazing document. In fact, that's why the rest of the world envies the United States and why we became the nation that we did, which is the most powerful nation that's ever been on the history of this earth. More so than the Roman Empire, if you think about it. We are the sole superpower. Now, we're seeing China quickly rise. And that's the nefarious plan of the deep state and those that have been allowing for the biggest wealth transfer in the history of the world from west to east, uh, treasonous people, like I've talked about before, like the Clintons and and uh, George Soros and others like that, that have allowed for sensitive, uh, the Clintons had like a drop box where they were allowing sensitive technology over the years to be sold to China. And uh, they are complicit in giving China our military secrets. I believe that. Uh, I've been following these things for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about the Clintons, and they said, you know, never has there been somebody in, in in politics here in the United States that has a higher body count of people that were around them from the very beginning stages of their political career in Arkansas. Uh, they called it Arkansas, all the way back to, you know, I mean, every, every, all the way up to now, there are still people that are disappearing, including um, Epstein, which we found out and no mainstream news is reporting on. Uh, that Bill Clinton was one of the most frequent flyers of the Lolita Express. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things going on simultaneously, and we have to keep our eye on the ball, and we have to understand, you know, what we can do as Christians, and that is to pray, to fast, to ask the Lord for mercy, for wisdom, for strategy, and to come together as a body of Christ, the true body of Christ, the remnant, uh, the, those that seek to preach and live by in accordance to the full Bible and preach the full Bible and stand by the full Bible, not cherry pick it and pick out certain parts of the Bible and say, well, this is what we're going to stand for. So I, I to me, in, in my 43 years of life and looking at, uh, you know, our world and seeing where we're at right now, I'm very concerned when I see Bibles being burned in the American streets, I'm uh, very concerned in the way that there's been not a, a higher alarm being sounded for this or the fact that the authorities in that city are not uh, doing what they need to do to dismantle these, um, these civil unrest, riot, looting events that are taking place almost daily now for many, many days, many, many weeks. Uh, Portland has really been the, the main hotspot uh, after Minnes- Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, you know, there's been other places, of course, and, and and I've seen devastation throughout our country as I go around and speak in various places, visit various places I've seen, uh, probably more than most people do, because some people don't maybe travel as often as I do. But it, it really concerns me, it devastates me, it appalls me, and it grieves me to see American streets and businesses decimated, to see uh, the fact that this has been going on and, and, and some people were beginning to blame President Trump and uh, he was basically waiting to be invited in according to the way that our law is written. Uh, you know, usually it's the local leadership or the state leadership of that particular area in the country, say Portland or Oregon governor that would say, President Trump, we need help here from the federal level. Will you please send in federal troops or will you send in the national guard? Uh, they can activate the National Guard. They have the authority to activate the National Guard as governor. Uh, but they don't do it because they are standing in solidarity with the protesters. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to protest. I, I agree with peaceful protests. I think that's part of our rights. It's a First Amendment right, just like we should be meeting at churches. That's a First Amendment right, the right to gather. And so uh, I'm not against peaceful protests. And I, I've never been. Uh, in fact, I watched an 18-minute dash uh, actually um, body cam footage of uh, George Floyd today and uh, you know it's still very troubling to me to see what happened there and I did see that he did resist arrest and he seemed like he was under the influence of some type of drug uh, that you know we found later he was on fentanyl I believe and uh, maybe some other drugs as well he was definitely resisting arrest but of course what happened in that situation was still an awful thing and no American deserves to be treated that way and so I didn't have a problem with the protest from day one, but what I did have a problem with is the organizers that use, and that's what they do. They wait for an event or they cause an event or they do a false flag. And uh, that's why I've been very careful on this show because I did do a lot of research into the George Floyd situation. And I'm still having a hard time saying that I a hundred percent believe that that was a legitimate situation, but I, I keep saying I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and, and say that the mainstream narrative is correct. Uh, just because uh, I don't have any evidence, uh, hard evidence, otherwise. But there were a lot of weird anomalies, as usual, in the storyline, the narrative. Um, there, you know, the fact that you know, I don't even want to go down there right now. I don't even want to go there. Because, honestly, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. But, but nevertheless, I never had a hard time with the protests in general. Uh, I have a hard time with the protests being usurped by Black Lives Matter, the Marxist organization, that's run by Marxists that self, you know, diagnose themselves as Marxists. That's pretty scary, right? I mean, they literally come out and say, we are Marxists. That's who we are. And so they do have an ideology, and it is a dangerous one. If you look at a Marxism, it's, you know, basically communism. I mean, it's a very dangerous ideology. And if implemented in our society, it would be the downfall of our society. And we're already seeing. Uh, parts of this being rolled out in some states and, and, and local municipalities. And Portland happens to be one of them. And uh, look what's happening. And where they're defunding the police, the violence is skyrocketing. The murders are skyrocketing. The crime is skyrocketing. I think I mentioned the other day we had a police officer over our home. And my heart just grieved for him to see the heavy burden that this man was carrying and i've spoke to many people reach out to me and write letters and different things and, and I read as many as I can and respond as many as I can, which is almost all of them. Uh, sometimes one or two will slip through the cracks because I have to spend time with my family um, and I think that you guys can understand that, but I try to read as much as I can, and uh, people have been saying you know hey i 'm writing you i 'm law enforcement, thank you for standing up for law enforcement, Thank you for having a heart for law enforcement we are Never ever have we been in a situation like we are now. Never ever have we been uh, under this type of pressure and this type of attack and assault and the media is out to get us. And uh, we just feel very isolated and very singled out. Our, our families are exhausted. And so I just want to, once again, say we stand with you. Thank you for defending our cities, law enforcement officials and people and the first responders. Thank you. Uh, that, that I know your job requires a tremendous amount of, uh, extra effort that most of us don't have to put into our job it's it's a it's emotional it's physical um, and you know there's a lot of a lot of things that most citizens don't factor in and when you have a situation like what we have right now in our country where unfortunately there is this very very uh, problematic assault on law enforcement and law and order in general and now this ridiculous new belief that somehow (laughs) It's it's like laughable, but it's scary and sad and alarming at the same time to think that it's actually part of the Democrat agenda right now to defund the police. I mean, if you would have told me some of these things only a few months ago, I would have said, well, the liberals are crazy, but they're not that crazy. I wouldn't have imagined they would have done this stuff. I mean, this is this is like bizarre world. And actually, I don't put anything past them at this point. I mean, these are the people that that are okay with putting a baby on a table that's alive and has already been given birth, you know, and then killing the baby and, and saying that, you know, that's, it's not really, a, I mean, I don't even know what the argument is. It's not really a human. It's, it's sitting there crying on the table. You know, that used to be the argument that they would say the fetus is not a human, but now I don't know what they say because now they believe in infanticide, which is literally killing a baby after it's born. And this is the barbaric society, ladies and gentlemen, that we're we're a part of now where lawlessness and chaos and burning Bibles, destroying Uh, businesses and you know cities all over the country killing babies after they're born this is what half of the country half of the country is willing to align themselves with and here's where the it gets really really just bizarre and crazy and scary and I just think of what the Bible says, where even the elect will be deceived. But, but I don't even, I think it's even more than that, because I don't think these are the elect. I think these are people that really don't know the Lord, to be honest, that are claiming Christ. Because how could you have the Holy Spirit in you and align with lawlessness, align with people that are destroying property, uh, that are willing to murder innocent, our most innocent societal members, our babies, our children. You know, every day I play with my daughter, and my daughter's a baby. And she's the most beautiful baby in the whole world to me, right? And I just think to myself, how could someone ever miss out on this opportunity? I, look, I know some people aren't married, or maybe you, you made a stupid decision. You were out one night partying, or you were drunk or something, and you had, you know, you had sex, and now you're pregnant. I get it. You don't want to have a baby with that person. I, I get it. It's scary. But ladies and gentlemen... When you look, just go look at a baby and just spend some time with a baby, how precious that baby is. Could you imagine the barbaric thing that we do as human beings today, where we, where we shove this device into a woman's uh, uterus, you know, and, 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 and start sucking the baby up with it? I mean, and I want to get into that tonight. But listen, this is what Christians, Christians are choosing to ignore. You know, not even I mean, I could go on a litany of other things that that the Democrat Party have aligned themselves with, including China, which is a communist country that that hates Christianity. Uh, You know, but but just just focus. We had Father Pavone on the um, Patreon preacher show the other day, Mark and I, and he was talking about, you know, some of these Democrat politicians that he's written letters to and called out as a Catholic leader. And said, how can you claim to be a Catholic and support the killing of the innocent? It's not possible. You're going against our belief system. But this is what's happening. And there are some who are deceived. And I just pray in this season, people are starting to wake up. I pray in this season, people are starting to see what's going on with the mainstream media, the way they're reporting things, this whole coronavirus thing. I got a few more minutes left and I want to talk about this. Now, I was in uh, downtown today and uh, the stores, big, big store chains, big store chains. Okay. I'm not going to throw them on blast right now, although I probably should. Well, West Elm, I'll just say that West Elm was one that really caught my eye because they had like every possible social justice thing in their window that you could think about. They had black lives matter. Then they had, we stand with pride, you know, and then they had the the rainbow and then the black lives matter. And I thought to myself, Talk about alienating your customer base. Talk about, you know, what about the rest of the Americans? Why don't you say we stand with our vets? Why don't you say we stand with our soldiers who have given their lives in all these operations over this endless war in Afghanistan and, and, and the war on terror that's still President Trump tried to b- bring troops home from Syria and Afghanistan and now Germany and other places. He's trying to bring some of the troops home, and people are fighting him tooth and nail saying he's like doing something wrong. Remember that whole big fiasco over over the um, Kurds where, where they were saying that the U.S. was going you know, to leave the Kurds? Whatever happened to that? I don't hear anything going on with the Kurds. There's nothing going In fact, there is a situation right now in Armenia that we don't even hear about. There, there are situations around the world, like in Africa and other places, where there are serious uh, things happening right now, uh, where Christians are being persecuted. We don't hear about any of those things. They, the media picks and chooses which things they want to highlight, and it all is a part of their narrative. And if you and me don't begin to wake up and see what this is, what, what is going on here? This is extremely, extremely important for us to understand the lateness of the hour right now. I would love to be talking a, a regular Bible message. I would love to be giving you an encouraging message tonight. I would love to be you know, telling you, you know, all the great things about the Lord because that's really my passion. But because we're in this mess right now where Bibles are now being burned, where corporations are picking and choosing, only a small group of people to, 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 to say that we all need to basically worship these people but then when it comes to these other groups, you're forgot about. We don't care about you. Your life doesn't matter. If you're a black conservative, your life doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll condone the fact that you're stabbed or murdered. It's okay. We'll call you an Uncle Tom. We'll call you a sellout. That's okay for some reason. Even though some of the most successful African-American people, I think of Dr. Ben Carson, who's a patriot, a brilliant man, a man that's done so much good for our country in the last – decade or more. I mean the guy's been in public service and doing great things for a long time to be honest with you but you know he's been a part of this administration just doing a phenomenal job and you hear nothing. Where is the highlighting of Dr. Ben Carson? Where that man would be a great president of the United States. I think he would be one of the best presidents. No one even talks about that. Why? Because he's he's a conservative. He's a Christian. Can't talk about that. Larry Elder is one of the most intelligent people I can, I can, I know, I mean, the guy is absolutely brilliant. He can just get on a show and just like a machine gun, but facts, facts, facts that just decimate the narrative of the left. And yet they call this guy, Uncle Tom, Star Parker, another one, amazing woman of God. I mean, I can just go on and on. I'll, I'll be the king, amazing, amazing woman of God, just amazing, such a powerful ministry. But these people, they don't, they don't care about their lives for some reason, only if it fits their narrative. Those are the people they highlight. Those are the people that get the magazine covers. Which brings me to what I said I'd circle back with before about the institutions, the Christian seminaries. The church became neutered in the United States of America over the course of the last few decades. We lost our ability to understand what the word of God actually says and, and actually interpret that in the power and the gifts. You know, I have a dear friend and mentor, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown down in Florida, and I love watching his services because they're anointed. There's an anointing there. And I know some people think he's a little bit extreme or whatnot. I don't think he's extreme at all. I think he's a great, great preacher, probably one of the best in America today, if not the best. I mean, the man is amazing. I know him personally, and he's a great man, and he, he's the real deal. But I'm not here to you know, put him on a pedestal. But what I'm trying to say is they got people like him around the United States that, that you will not hear about. Because they're not the, um, the people that are out there, you know, with the big mega, 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 mega church, you know, that are, that are teaching the, uh, the messages that, you know, live your best life now. And I'm not here to attack anybody, but let's just be honest. Our best life is going to be lived in heaven, eternity, here on earth, to live as Christ, to die as gain. We're in the middle of one of the biggest battles in our history as a nation. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying the favor of God isn't on me. I see the favor of God every day. I feel his presence. He gives me great favor, great anointing, he gives me amazing things that happen to my wife and I, my family. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is we need to equip the body of Christ with the correct arsenal. And that arsenal is found on the word of God and prayer and fasting and travailing in, in being on our faces before a holy God and repentance and talking about the blood of Jesus and the cross of Calvary. These are the things that empower the church, and especially now when we're in this very late hour where I talk to remnant preachers every day, and I say, do you feel we're in the end times? And they'll say, yes. I'm starting to say that too. If this isn't the end times, then we sure are close. These are definitely the birth pangs because what we're seeing right now happening in our country and around the world is nothing less than the spirit of Antichrist. We're seeing a rise of the spirit of Antichrist. And and these seminaries, like I said, I would talk about, they have lost the ability. They have lost the ability. I know there's some great teachers, but a lot of those teachers are dying off. And a lot of the new teachers are liberal. And they're doing just what the secular colleges are doing. They're spitting out liberal, quote-unquote, Christians that look like, uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. We need to be men, men, we need to be people of God, women of God that stand for the word of God, to be the church. We've got to know what the Bible says. We've got to understand how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand how to spiritually fight this battle that we're in because the Bible is very clear that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities. If we don't know how to put on the armor of God, we're going to lose. It's like somebody going to battle without any weapons. Under Barack Hussein Obama, the Manchurian candidate that was trying to overthrow the United States government and allow China to overtake the power in the world because he hates America. He had a plan to completely obliterate our nation And if Joe Biden, God forbid, were to get in office, because it's not going to be Joe pulling the strings. It's going to be the most radical version of the Democrat Party that our nation has ever seen. Aligned with China, aligned with Hamas, aligned with Black Lives Matter, the Marxist organization, not the phrase, not the the true meaning that Black lives do matter, because they do. I'm talking about the Marxist organization, those that are trying to smear, those that are trying to, um, my friend has a church where they've not left him alone. They're harassing him week after week, harassing the people that go to the church. They're talking about how they're going to harass voters at the polls and people might be intimidated by that. We don't even know what these next 85, 87 days or whatever have in store. As we ramp up now to the final Uh, several months before the election the biggest most important election in the history of our country because it will determine whether we stay a country or whether we are fundamentally transformed into a third world communist nation and the united states is neutered and it will no longer be a leader in this world oh you think that's never happened before study the great britain great britain empire where the British pound sterling was the global reserve currency and and Great Britain had an empire that they had to give up because they could not maintain. Great Britain used to be a great empire. You don't hear much about Great Britain these days, do you? They're they're bogged down with their internal affairs, aren't they? Trying to break away from the European Union and their stranglehold of bureaucracy. How long did that battle take? How many years? Right? Right. Now the battle has come to our doorstep here in the United States. We have communist Marxist organizations funded by men like George Soros and his handlers that are telling us we got to close our churches. We can't worship. We can't sing, but it's okay for them to protest. It's okay for Barack Hussein Obama to be in a room full of people at a church where they're all given an exemption from self-quarantining to come to a funeral of elites, where Barack Hussein Obama decides to give a campaign speech during a eulogy. Talk politics and voter ID. One of the most disrespectful things I've probably ever seen. So, as we close this Monday show, I wanna say this. We cannot go back to the normal way of things. The way that things were before the coronavirus We'll never go back to that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you the truth. We can't go back to it. What we are going to do, though, is move forward. And I believe if the body of Christ rises up now and understands this very unique opportunity for us to come together as a nation in power, as the empowered church, the empowered church, the one that's anointed and appointed by the Holy Spirit, if that church rises in this season, we will be able to save this nation. And not only that, there'll be an a, amazing revival. Harvest. That's what we need to see is a harvest. Because if there's a harvest, a great harvest where people are coming to the Lord, weeping, and standing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then I believe that is how we will see our nation restored. Jesus Christ is the only hope, ladies and gentlemen. Invite him into your heart today. If you haven't done so, invite him into your heart to be your Lord and to be your Savior. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he loves you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's program. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless you.